I just think like the the progression of just being an artist in general, like there is so much to learn, not just from like the art part of it, but also like the marketing part of it. Like if you really want to be successful as an artist, it really takes a lot of dedication to like self-improvement and uh, learning a tremendous amount of information, especially nowadays with everything going online, you really have to learn how to be competitive online and integrate that 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 business side of it, really. Otherwise, it just turns into a hobby and, you know, you can sell pieces here and there. But I think the bigger aspect of it is that you have to really look at it as a business and start focusing more on the business aspect of it. You're listening to Ecomonics, a Debutify podcast, your resource for one-of-a-kind insights into the world of e-commerce and business in the modern age. This is Joseph. I'll be presenting a wealth of industry knowledge from interviews with successful business people and our own state-of-the-art research. Your time is valuable, so let's go. One thing you may have inferred about me, my longtime audience that is, is I consider myself an artist. It's a generalization, I admit, but it's a title I am proud to add to my Rolodex. I'm definitely not an illustrator, though. If you make that, make no mistake, I have tried. Anyways, my talk today with Aaron Cox is all about art, and the work he does is admirable in helping some incredibly talented people make their way into the business world. You'll hear, among a lot of insights into the art world, a key reason why having your own platform is essential, a takeaway I value a great deal as well. Aaron Cox, it is good to have you here on Ecomonics. I just asked you, right before I turned on recording, what, what time, uh, or sorry, like what where, where you live in, you say Los Angeles, so that means it is 10 to 9, 9 to 8, 8 to 7. It's 7 a.m. for you right now, isn't it? Correct. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> well, well, th- well, thank you. I, I don't know if you're like a morning person or an evening person or a, or a night owl, but like for me, anything before 8 a.m. is a complete and utter wild card. Right. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it just depends uh, kind of what day of the week, but usually I'm not really a morning person. But, um, you know, I, I just with, you know, getting more and more heavily into business, it kind of forces you to work those early morning hours anyway so yeah that's true yeah that's that sunlight makes a great deal of difference just in energizing the person so yeah i well well, i i appreciate it i'm slowly working my way towards like the 8 a.m threshold and yeah it's a it's a whole other thing but that's not why we're here today so aaron tell us what you do tell us what you're up to so like currently i have a couple different things going but um i've been focusing kind of heavily more on something that's more passion-based and that is my art channel that I have on YouTube. And so I've been basically putting a lot of, more, you know, just more time and energy into helping artists succeed online and, you know, just offering um, everything from like how to sell their artwork to, you know, just different tutorials. Um, I was really focusing heavily on just more like how to sell art online. But sort of as I've been progressing with the channel, I've wanted to focus also on um, you know, just more of the fun aspect of it and some of the background, like my art background and like just different things with Photoshop. And years ago, I, th- I think like when YouTube was first starting out, um, I started doing uh, YouTube uh, tutorials for Photoshop and, you know, how to do all these different Photoshop techniques and stuff. And so I did that for about a year and a half and then just kind of got burned out with editing video and things. And so I kind of let that, uh, that business kind of go away. Um, but I kind of wish I would have stuck with it because I actually really love doing that type of stuff. But aside from that, I, you know, I also do affiliate marketing as well. Um, and basically do a lot of like online commerce and things. But, um, as of 
right now, currently my two focuses are just the art business and then also my affiliate marketing as well. You know, one thing I wanted to ask you about um, before we uh, unravel um, your, your, your different uh, platforms is because you mentioned that you had burnt out on it. And, and I think some of this uh, might be a stereotypical uh, artist thing, but my guess is I, I didn't like go and like sit and listen or watch uh, uh, too much of your videos. I only have so much time to do prep, but I get the feeling that you were very meticulous about it and you really wanted each video to pop and to have uh, a great deal of care and, and nuance to it, which would probably lead to a more likely burnout than I guess if somebody had a more like methodical like business approach to it where they just, they knew the formula, they stuck to it and they just... Uh, uh, went through uh, video after video. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. It's like, I think I've always been very detail oriented and I'm always trying to put like the most amount of information. So that's like one thing it's, it's hard for me to like, just make short videos. You know, there's people out there that just really do videos for uh, entertainment purposes and they just let things flow. And maybe they, they do have a formula. Um, I do try to do a little bit of prep beforehand, but a lot of it is just you know, inspiration on the fly. And, you know, and maybe that's not really the best way to do it. Um, I don't do a lot of planning with my YouTube channel. I literally just, as I come up with inspiration, I'll like, you know, just uh, basically just make a video, um, you know, on maybe I'm browsing other videos and I see something that inspires me or I come across a piece of art or a special technique or, you know, read an email or something like that. And so I'll just hop on, you know, throw my camera on, get everything ready and, and make a video. So, um, again, it's just, it's, it's more of a passion thing. So, you know, I just, I just do it as it comes. Right. So, uh, I'm, I'm deciding what do, where do I want to uh, take this next? And what I want to ask you next is about your, you know, your, your history. Um, cause I know that you had grown up and your family was supportive of your, your art background and, you know, there, I guess there's always that, that tension between being able to uh, make a living off of it versus uh, pursuing something that really fulfills, uh, uh, fulfills you. So, and, there, and the reason why I want to ask you about this is because we know we do have a lot of creative-minded people on the show, but it being a business podcast, artists are not as represented as, as much as uh, other mediums or other pillars or other professions. So uh, can, would you be willing to uh, tell us uh, your, your, your background and kind of like your development over the years uh, as an artist? Yeah. So, um, I mean, it, of course, I think like when we're all uh, young and starting out, we don't really know what direction we're going to take. Like, uh, you know, I think for for a lot of years, um, I was just drawing and, and doing different techniques. Like I, I got into graphic design pretty early on as well. And so, I mean, I just started doing little side projects here and there. I, I remember one of my first projects was, uh, you know, my dad was at the time he was working for uh large hospital Kaiser Permanente and um, they had a couple internal small projects and so I was like you know he was having me do these little side projects and that was kind of like the first work that I really did which you know I don't I don't remember if it was paid or not but it was just something that you know helped get, give me experience and give me a few you know uh, portfolio pieces to start with but uh, you know as my career progressed um, I think as our, you know, creative people that we are, we sort of go in different directions. I mean, some people really might love animation and maybe that's the only thing that they'll ever do. But, um, you know, with me, I just, I, I kind of love all different aspects of art. So, I mean, I, I was an art teacher for, you know, about three and a half years for a private art school um, and really enjoyed that experience because it involved more painting and drawing and traditional, you know, arts and more Renaissance style art and things. So, 
that was that was actually a really fun time for me because I think just personal development of actually working with students one on one and helping them and coaching them. So that's like sort of really the the basic um, inspiration for why I created my YouTube channel. Anyway, it's just I really love helping people. I really have that mentality of like learn, do, teach. So I'm constantly trying to acquire knowledge and then pass it along to somebody else. You know, just with um, in, in regard to I think like most artists, I, I, I think what's hard is the world that we live in. Generally, people are constantly telling us that like that, you know, there's that starving artist stigma that, you know, basically most people get that kind of stuck in their head early on in their career or maybe hear that too often. And, you know, it is like it's hard. It sometimes it can be hard to sell art, um, especially now, like with the whole, you know, craziness of 2020, um, you know, and pandemic and stuff. I, it's just, it's gotten to the point where all of these big art shows and all these different events have been shut down. And so I think a lot of people got really scared because that was their main source of income. So trying to help them transition to an online space um, and show them how to sell artwork online, which now you're not just competing with your local community, you're competing, competing with the whole world. So you know, a lot of these people are going onto these marketplace websites and trying to, you know, essentially sell artwork online, which is internet marketing in itself. And a lot of people that have never experienced selling online for the first time or starting an Instagram page or a Facebook page or whatever it is, um, it can be really overwhelming for a lot of us. You know, there's, I, I just think like the, the progression of just being an artist in general, like there is so much to learn, not just from like the art, um, part of it, but also like the marketing part of it. Like if you really want to be successful as an artist, it really takes a lot of dedication to like self-improvement and uh, learning a tremendous amount of information, especially nowadays with everything going online, you really have to learn how to be competitive online and uh, integrate that, that, that business side of it really, you know, um, otherwise it just turns into a hobby and, you know, you can sell pieces here and there. You might have an Instagram page and Maybe you get commissions, you know, here and there. But I think the bigger aspect of it is that you have to really look at it as a business and start um, focusing more on the business aspect of it. Well, there's one side of it to it. And and, and this is unfortunately uh, uh, one of the cornier questions I'm going to ask you. But have you encountered the stereotypical issue of an artist not wanting to delve too much into the business side feeling that it was a uh, like a disrespect to their art or if they feel like you know what i mean like the, the purism of uh, only doing art for the sake of doing art and not wanting to make a living off of it yeah i mean i can definitely see that and um I, you know i definitely respect that you know kind of decision i mean and there's some people that you know literally that's the only thing that they'll ever you know, really, they'll just not look at it from the business side. But in all reality, at some point, you do get involved in it, because obviously, you have to, people do want to pay you for things. And I mean, unless you're like, really just only going to do art and nothing else, and you don't care about the money side of it, you know, then I mean, at the end of the day, you still have to make a living. Yeah, I, I, I do think some of it has to do with some more about broad reaching structural issues, which we don't have to delve like too much into, but I do want to make this point about, um, you don't necessarily have to be an artist to say, um, loathe the financial system. And so whether if somebody is passionate about taking care of animals or, or, or they are partially passionate about art, or even if they uh, are more technically minded, if they don't believe in the system, or if they don't, um, even believe in the concept of, uh, earning a living, then that can be a limiting factor. 
And so that that's a difficult thing to, to overcome. Is that, that's not to say that the system is perfect. By by no means is it perfect. But it is the best that we've come up with so far so that people can uh, make a living by providing value to others. Right. Yeah. And, and honestly, I like I think at the end of the day, it's it's more of just a mindset thing. Um, I think if you I think with any creative passion or just any passion in general, as as long as you have those goals in mind where you are only looking to help others, then at the end of the day, you that's that's the goal is to help others or to fulfill whatever it is that you have internally that you want to, you know, your own goals and your own life that you want to, uh, you know, fulfill, you know, as long as you have that drive and that passion, then the the business side of it will just kind of happen automatically where it's not like, you know, some people may kind of go the other route, like I'm kind of in between. So I, I do see like a business side of it. And I do see where, you know, you could take somebody who's a really passionate, amazing artist, and then learn all of those other techniques and learn all of the marketing and, and basically turn it into a really big business uh, versus, you know, somebody who just wants to draw every day, and they don't want to even think about that stuff. I mean, they might hire somebody to do all those things. And I mean, that's what really like as a business owner or anybody should really be doing anyway. And that's what like, even with like e-commerce and some of the other topics of, of what you guys are doing, you have to somehow figure out how to put yourself outside of all those things, because obviously uh, you really have to focus on your business at the end of the day. You can't be working in your business all the time. And it's the same thing that goes with art. Like you have to focus on the things you're good at, which is developing your art and developing your style and you know, crafting your, 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 um, your skills. And, um, and so, you know, you can always outsource the business stuff and let that happen because then they really, that's what you should be doing. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd love to ask you, um, uh, more about that. So let's, uh, come up with a hypothetical character. We have somebody who is, uh, and I, I'm not going to come up, I'm just trying to come up with a medium just to deliberately challenge you while I was thinking of asking you about sculptors, but we'll just go with, you know, a, a contemporary painter. So they really do just want to focus on, uh, on their craft and they're encouraged by the idea that they can make this and they can make money off of it. So there's one of two ways we can have, what would they do if they took the initiative themselves and they had the time, they had the energy and they could handle it versus what would they do if they didn't want to focus on it? And, and the concept of like looking at a spreadsheet made them dizzy. Right. So uh, the the main thing is, uh, again, like separating yourself from the the business aspect of it. And if you want to basically hire somebody else to do it, then, you know, outsourcing it is a great way to do it. Um, I mean, obviously, with the the Internet, there's a million ways to connect with people online. So, um, you know, with all these different gig sites and you know, whether it's, um, you know, Upwork or Fiverr or you know, Craigslist or whatever it happens to be. Uh, there's there's a million different platforms out there uh, that you can look up on Google and find somebody to do marketing work. Um, you know, that's one of the things that I sort of offer with my own uh, business is I try to at least encourage people to try it themselves first. Um, and then if they feel like, okay, like this is not something that I want to do, then, you know, I try to offer that service for them. Um, because I do have a background in is in that as well. Like that's one of my passions. I'm actually um, in the middle of of um, actually probably going back to school to do more more you know techniques and marketing and learning more marketing just because I 
have such a passion about it and I want to learn more about it anyway. Um, I have a, I have a podcast I can say, I can recommend to you. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, you know, it's just super fun. And, um, and, and if somebody wants to tackle it themselves, um, yeah, again, there's, there's going to be a learning curve. There are going to be things that are, uh, are going to be a hurdle for a period of time. Um, there's a lot of things that I've learned that I've come to realize that, yeah, it's like, yeah, this can be like super overwhelming, but again, if you want to turn it into a business and you want to do it yourself, then you are going to have to do the work, you know, just like with anything. I mean, just with even artists, um, whether it's painting, drawing, sculpting, whatever, you have to do the work. I mean, some people are, are talented. Some people can learn faster than others. And some people can, you know, I mean, I know like myself early on, I was just really good at drawing. I just, I really love drawing. Um, but I wasn't a professional. I wasn't, you know, I mean, I just loved doing it and I was good at it, but again, I had to put in the work I had to put in the practice and that just, you know, it goes with anything. You really have to just, um, learn those new skills. And I mean, thankfully again, you know, we're, we're in a, in a digital age where you can hop on YouTube, you can hop on Twitch, you can hop on, you know, whatever video platform there is, and you could pretty much learn just about anything you need. And a majority of what I've been doing with my own business, you know, has been a lot from that. But I, I read a lot. I, I buy a lot of books and, you know, I'm just constantly soaking up information. And I and that's been like my that's been a harder thing for me is because I, I spend more time probably soaking up information than I do putting out content. So, you know, and, and again, it's it, that's all for the goal of like trying to create better content and better information for anybody that I'm working with as well. You know, as, especially if I do help them with marketing, I want to make sure that I give them accurate and up-to-date information. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't uh, express uh, enough um, fortune for being able to host this content. And so I, I kind of feel where you're coming from is that like so much information comes in and I'm absorbing so much of it that like, you know, there's only so much uh, fluid that I can fill into the bucket before it overflows. And then I need to get them up. And well, and that's, I think that's what sort of happens a lot too with artists in general, like for us. And I know it was really hard for me in the beginning too, is like making that transition into like more of like a business side of it. I, I know when, I mean, that honestly, like for, if you go on any um, Facebook group or any you know, discussion board where there's artists hanging out, like the biggest question is like, how much do I charge my clients? Um, how much is my painting worth? It, it's, it's, it's always this struggle. Cause it's like, how do you, you know, how do you put a value on your own work? It's like, yeah, I think this is worth a million dollars because I spent, you know, 800 hours doing this painting, but you know, at the end of the day, like what's realistic, you know, and, and it's, it's sad in a way because you can go, and buy digital artwork for really cheap. I mean, you can go down the store, like you go to like, you know, Marshall's or, or, um, you know, Walmart or wherever, you know, and they've, you know, you can buy like framed canvases with all kinds of artwork for super cheap. And um, it's, you know, the art, comp the world is competitive, but um, I, I think it's, it's really just about finding the right channels too is, you know, getting exposed on the right channels. Yeah. Um, so there's a, I, I just want to lay out real quick. So there's a couple of points I want to make there uh, in response. And I, and I do want to uh, get back to the uh, art towards the, the, the final act of this episode, but I also want to make sure that we explore your other uh, pillars as well. So the, the points that I want to make is that like, when I, when I hear of say somebody going to a, uh, a winners or Marshall's or a walmart and they pick up framed art it doesn't drive me crazy and the reason why is because i would rather them have 
something to begin developing their taste. Kind of like if somebody is really into burgers, McDonald's is a great place to start. People might say, well, you know what? I want to try other burgers. This is really good. So like you do need some sort of funneling system to get people to be open to the idea of like having a art on their wall. And then if they are had the proclivity to develop a taste, at least then they some the, the seed has been planted. So that's that's just that just helps me sleep at night when I when, when I think about kind of like the mainstream appeal versus the, uh, the 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 more specific niches. And yeah, I, mean, I think that's like the the crossover between when artists they're struggling to sell artwork online and they don't realize why and the there's a big marketing aspect behind it. You know, there's there's a lot of programs out there online right now that help people learn how to sell art. And that's the main thing that they preach is like, it's all about the marketing. It's not about how good it is or how, I mean, there, there's people that, you know, they, they can do a few brush strokes or a, or a um, you know, more of a abstract type of piece and and sell it for a lot of money. And it, it just, at the end of the day, it just has to, it, comes down to the marketing aspect of it and the brand and who it is that painted it, how well you're known in the art community and who's willing to pay that amount of money. By the way, completely sidebar, but did you ever uh, see Art Attack? I, it sounds familiar. I might have. It's, it's probably been a while, but it, it sounds very familiar. T- TV series from uh, from from a much earlier uh, time. I must, it must have been like 25 years since I've seen it. Right. But, yeah, I was going to say like it sounds yeah. familiar, but I like I don't recall it off the top of my head. Well, he was known for doing these massive images, I guess, where he would get like random objects, be it coats or blankets, go out to a field and make like a massive picture. So he was like, a super talented guy, but... Uh, yeah. Anyways, it was it was just great because that was one of those programs that tried to get people interested in art uh, from an early age. I was, I was just curious. I'll, I'll let that go. So I had one thing that stuck out to me just we were talking about um, outsourcing. So I'm going to ask that, and then um, we'll we'll shift gears. So what stuck out to me is you, you, you're saying that an artist has the option to outsource uh, to so that they can focus on their uh, on their work on their craft uh, as they as they as many of them should but what I'm not clear on is that how exactly they have the income to afford the outsourcing in the first place like I know like five art can be pretty cheap but the golden rule is you do get what you pay for so what is what has been like some of the more reasonable ways for for artists to uh, get some of that income is it as simple as like flipping burgers while they're while they're working on their craft? Yeah. So, I mean, on, honestly, I, I, it's funny that you asked that because that, that has been a, a really kind of a big uh, point in my mind too. Like even with doing my YouTube channel, um, even when I started it, um, I already knew that going into it. Um, and in, in reality, I, I completely understand that probably like 90% of my friends, all of us that are artists were making money, um, you know, probably initially in other ways, whether we're having full-time jobs or we're teaching at a school. And so like, that's, that's like one of the other points that I've made in a few of my YouTube videos too, is like, you know, Hey, if you don't have the money initially to do things, um, or to, you know, even promote your art, if you want to outsource it, uh, or, you know, a lot of times you can teach, you know, if, if you, if you really have a passion about, um, art and you love, um, you know, a specific topic. I mean, why not hop on YouTube or a podcast or a, you know, a a Facebook live or YouTube live, whatever it is. I mean, and nowadays there's so many different channels and ways to make money with video content, um, between, um, you know, like another, uh, like TikTok is, has been 
a tremendous influence on the way artists and other people can make money now because you know after a thousand subscribers on a personal profile or even on a business profile you can put a link and that can link back to a page um, a lot of people have the patreon uh, links on their pages now and so um, even if you don't want to teach or you don't want to uh, do a side job or whatever a lot of people have patreon co connected to all of their video content and they're getting, you know, subscriptions through that. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot, there's, again, there's, there's a multitude of ways. It's the information is out there. I mean, a lot of people just need to do the research, go online, figure it out. But I mean, even like Twitch is, is massive. And the ironic thing is like that it's become so popular too for artists and, and it just gives people a platform to, you know, continue doing their creativity and, and posting their, their videos and posting. And you don't even have to put your face on camera. A lot of times, a lot of people are just filming their art or they're talking about stuff. They're sharing their daily thoughts and they're just drawing and people are donating to them, you know, and it's, it's pretty incredible. The, the, the times that we live in and the, the possibilities if people just put their mind to it. Yeah. I've forgotten about that, that people are doing live streaming of, uh, of making their, uh, making their art in real time. Uh, which in of itself is just a, it can be a, a very moving experience to see something unfold before our eyes. And it's going to be inspirational too. And that's the thing that I appreciate about streaming platforms is it is, it's accessible to to young kids. And, you know, it, needless to say, there's a lot of things young kids can do, many of which would be a waste of time, but seeing somebody actually create something in real time is uh, definitely one of the better uses of it. Right. Well, and, and Adobe, you know, which is obviously one of the biggest platforms um, for creatives uh, everything you know obviously photoshop and illustrator and and all the video content like now they're doing live streaming as well so they've got their you know adobe live which they teamed up with uh behance which you know which which was their originally their platform just for hosting portfolios and stuff but they it's all live content now and it's all live streaming so um it's it's pretty awesome you can go on there pretty much any day of the week there's dozens of live streams going I've wanted to actually do it myself. I just haven't gotten into that portion of, you know, my uh, my business yet. Um, so, but I'm I'm hoping to do that actually pretty soon as I want to get into getting approved for that that Adobe um, live streaming. Oh, I I don't know if I want to get started on uh, Adobe or not. I have a I have a love hate relationship with them. Um, I, I I will forever be grateful to the existence of Flash because when I was like, I was in you know I was in grade eight and like or grade seven and I would draw comics. Um, and, and the teacher would grab them and, and tear them up. So it was hard to have an outlet. Uh, but Flash at a very young age gave me an outlet and uh, I was able to post content onto Newgrounds and, I, and I'm and i still friends with some of the people that I met through there uh, to this day. So wow. it, it means a lot that I was able to legally acquire a copy of, of Flash, which was then bought by Macromedia was a company at the time. Adobe buys them out and now Flash is called Animate, but to me it'll always be Flash and I'm going to die on that hill. All right. <laughs> And also, too, by the way, um, as I had asked the question about like, you know, uh, Fiverr and Upwork, it clicked in my own mind. Well, I guess they could just use Fiverr and Upwork themselves to like, you know, try to try to find work. That's this is what I did as a podcaster. You know, my my, my struggle as a podcaster is uh, is right up there as a parallel. The idea of like making money as, as in podcasting uh, seemed uh, uh, far fetched, even though people were doing it because not everybody is Joe Rogan. And so, you know, over time you stick to it, you develop your skill, and then eventually somebody who needs a skill at a certain level will be willing to pay you for it. So uh, meta section over.
Now, um, I, 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 like I said, I wanted to make sure that we, we got the, uh, the other aspects uh, of what you're up to. So you didn't mention earlier, you know, you're also doing affiliate marketing. So we have talked about affiliate marketing before. Um, I think we've had like two significant episodes um, that delved into it, Paul Motley and Hassan Anbar. So to you, the question that I ask is, you know, what platforms are you using? What's, I guess, like your, your weekly work routine with affiliate marketing? Would you say it's a primary focus, a secondary focus, tertiary, quartiary? Uh, I made that last one up. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, for me, it's it's just more of a secondary uh, type of thing because I, I'm kind of balancing things with my passion plus, you know, my business. So I also do, you know, some local marketing and um, just, more of like an agency style work. Um, but I also do a lot of graphic design and photography and creative services for people. So with the affiliate marketing, I mean, I've just tried to tie it into, I've just tried to tie it into my business where I, I'm trying to kind of just build up. And again, it's kind of the combination of being an artist, making money and, you know, having a thriving business, obviously like the reoccurring money is really important because artists like, you know, we might do one job and then it pays the bills for, you know, a couple of weeks and then we have to do something else. So with affiliate marketing tied into everything that you're doing is, is super helpful just because it's like Patreon where you have those monthly subscriptions. And I just honestly, like I just, because I, I, I do so much studying with marketing and I'm always trying to help people learn how to make money online in other ways. I, I I'm always trying to teach affiliate marketing more than I'm actually doing affiliate marketing. Um, but, um, like I, for instance, I have a website that's called allinonebiz.com, and that website is essentially just, uh, a, a, a portal that I send people to, to, to have them, um, sign up with a web hosting platform that can enable them to, uh, either do affiliate marketing or they can just host their websites on there. Uh, again, part of what I do with my, my art YouTube channel is to help artists build websites and they're going to need a platform anyway. And personally, I just love um, that platform that I promote, which is Builderall. Um, it's a great platform that it's pretty much has every single tool you would ever need to like market your business. I, again, I use it more for um, helping people and giving them an option that I feel is one of the best tools out there. Um, so, you know, again, Builderall is just, it's just a tool that it has like 40 plus marketing tools and there's uh, everything from you know social media marketing to website builders that are drag and drop. So everything is just like super user friendly. And it's like one of the first platforms that I found where it's not like, you know, you go to like a big company like Bluehost, which is pretty common in the hosting world. And, you know, then you, it's like, okay, now I have to set up my website and they, yes, they have like a install for WordPress, but like then, where, like you install a WordPress template and then you have to try to figure out all these different plugins. And like at the end of the day, like you still like there's a lot of things that you have to learn. And then you have to go to other places like, you know, then you have to get your email marketing in a different place. Like, you know, you might get an autoresponder or something to host your your email marketing. And then you might have to go to get another tool that automates some of your social media. And like all of that like starts to really build up and it gets expensive, especially for artists who maybe are just starting out or learning how to sell their artwork online. Like they're not going to go invest in like a hundred dollar tool or, you know, $300 worth of marketing tools. That's what I liked about Builderall is like they have these different plans where it's like you can pay $29 a month or you can pay $69 a month. Like it just really depends. Um, but uh, 
it's just it's a really good solution because again it's all these drag and drop very easy to use tools uh yes there's a small learning curve but it's much smaller than just going and getting traditional hosting and not knowing really what to do and trying to figure out how to connect a domain to your website so you know again it's just like all those like technical hurdles that i think like any brand new business person um, or an artist or somebody has to try to figure out uh, so I just like, and then it comes with tons of training. Like their, their whole system is, is supported by thousands of people. They have a massive community. It's not like most of these web hosting platforms, they don't have massive communities built around them. I mean, there might be people on YouTube posting videos and stuff, but there's actually a tremendous amount of people that are either in Facebook groups or on YouTube or just across every platform you can imagine um, that are supporting how to work with Builderall and how to do websites and how to do sales funnels and how to sell online or how to do affiliate marketing. And so I, I do point people that direction because it, to me, it's one of the best tools that I've ever seen and it's very affordable. That's the thing. It's, it's the most affordable thing I've seen. Um, and yeah, there are other things out there, but I just feel like they, they're just not as robust and they don't have the community around them that this does. Now, one thing that I'm wondering uh, as you're uh, describing this, now, is Builderall made specifically for the uh, art business or is it just you were just you were just able to successfully like, OK, the word I picked was co-opted, but that word has a history to it. But have you been just you like you curated it so that you figured out how it could be effective for our for people in the art community and art business? Right. Yeah. It's not natively like designed for okay. artists at all. It's just. Again, it has the drag and drop website builder that makes it easy, especially for non-technical people um, and really anybody who just wants to get started for the first time. I think that that's probably one, it's one of the easiest tools that I've ever seen to use. And that's why I promote it is just because in my working with so many different artists and friends of mine and and, you know, just even having discussions with people in Facebook groups, um, there's, I just feel like in general, most of us artists are like not computer technical. And a lot of the artists that I do work with or that just tend to, and maybe it's just the ones that are attracted to me and my business, I don't know. But a lot of them tend to be in older demographic that maybe not so tech savvy or not, you know, haven't been using computers their entire life, like a lot of the, you know, younger generation has been. So, you know, for somebody that, I would say is 55 and up to like hop on a computer for the first time and start trying to like figure out a website or figure out social media. It, it, it is hard, you know, and it is challenging. I mean, I'm learning new stuff every day. I'm discovering new platforms every day. It's if it's hard for me to keep up, then somebody who's just jumping on for the first time, I can only imagine how, how challenging that is. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm 31 right now and I'm not pathological. But so far, I have 17 uh, silver hairs in my head. And, and I do have to like, you know, I, 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 I still have enough fluidity that I can observe what are new things are happening. Like uh, before we started recording, I was asking asking you if you knew about NFTs. But at a certain point, even if I can still get it, I just have to wash my hands of it and say I cannot get into everything, even uh, everything that could be beneficial to me. You know, I, I, and I think that's one of the one of the struggles with each generation is that like the, the the further back the generation is i think the more set in the ways they are um and you know not not to delve too much into into covid stuff but i think the pandemic really like 
was probably the first time in history that a lot of generations had to confront a lot of significant changes. I mean, I remember my dad telling me that him and his four siblings were going to uh, have a have their first Zoom call together. And I said, Dad, statistically, one of you is going to have an internet connection. Like, what? It? So, so, so Builderall is, uh, I, I gotta say, even as, um, uh, I, one of the things that I'm working on is a, is a print on demand, um, uh, function. It's not, for me, it's not primary. I would say it's like a very passionate secondary or a supremely passionate tertiary. I haven't worked it out yet. Um, but the fact that it's like an all in one platform does uh, yield a lot of benefits. Now, uh, mind you, this is also Shopify country and I do have the luxury of having, you know, a, uh, a, a Shopify theme, uh, freely accessible. So I do have to kind of like weigh the costs uh, and benefits of it. The other part of it that I wanted to just get, get like the distinction between the two is what we're all in one biz uh, fits into this uh, relative to Builderall because you're promoting Builderall. Is there like a, a cross pollination between what both services offer or what exactly is all in one biz uh, distinctively for you? It's so again, it's just the place where I point people to essentially go to to sign up for Builderall as okay. as an affiliate. So, you know, again, like it's just another, uh, it's a way that I essentially get people into signing up. So like even when I'm doing my coaching and stuff and if I say, hey, you know, if you need a website, you want to get something going, go to this website and get signed up. Okay. I mean, okay. I, yeah. yeah. I was just, yeah, I they, just needed like the, 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 the click on that. Just one last piece in the puzzle. Yeah. Right. It's just my referral link and it's just a way to um, and I also, I, the only reason I created that too, is because like I said, I do a lot, a lot of like local marketing as well. Um, I have some other, you know, places where I point people, but at the end of the day, like I just use that mainly because I do work with a lot of like local businesses as well. And it just gives an opportunity for people to see that, you know, there's a lot of other um, parts of Builderall rather than just saying, Oh, here's a link, you know, and, and they go to a, a checkout page or something like that. It's just more of a way to introduce them to some of the tools. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, sounds, sounds good. Sounds good to me. I, yeah, just before that, I wasn't uh, putting all the pieces together. I was thinking it was like a different um, uh, service in its own right. All good. By the way, if you're a current user of Debutify or haven't tried us out yet, Debutify version three has been released and now is a good time to upgrade or get started as any. A streamlined user interface along with an ever-increasing array of conversion-boosting add-ons is waiting for you. So download today for free and start your journey. Who knows? Maybe I'll be interviewing you before too long. Yeah, so one of the things I did, I did check out some of your YouTube content. And so prior to my conversation with you, I spoke to um, uh, Ritus Purins, uh, this was last week, uh, about, because they do, they have, I, I think, and I'm pretty sure I can say this with confidence, not that that sounded like I was saying with confidence, but they're like the biggest print-on-demand company right now. And one of the things that I asked him was, okay, let's say I wanted to not set up a website just yet, and I just wanted to um, uh, focus on one of the markets. Uh, he recommended Etsy. And so when I looked at your YouTube content, one of the things that you talk about is the significance of having a website as an artist. And the, the reasons there's marketing, communication, there's no commission, um, branding, personalized experience. So um, would you be willing to summarize up in a holistic answer these these points and why having a website is really so, more, so much more significant than working on a market? And I actually would like to hear, by the way, your take on if you've seen or encountered anybody who had like you know, a positive experience uh, selling, say, on Etsy or one of the other uh, art markets. Not that I know any other ones, but maybe you do. Yeah, I mean, it. 
it, it really is just, I, I guess I mean, it's really just a personal preference for a lot of people. Um, one of my main points that I'm always preaching to people to why they need to have their own websites is because you have complete control over every aspect of it. Um, you know, Etsy charges, you know, fees, obviously, for everything that you upload. So right out of the gate, you are going to be paying um, money for every upload and then month after month. So like if you're not making sales right away, you will be paying for that anyway. But in the same regard with web hosting, you do have to pay for the web host. You have to pay for the domain. So there's always going to be a cost. I mean, I, I get that. Too many times I have seen people spend years building something on a marketplace like Etsy or Redbubble, and it's happened to me, and they do all this marketing work, and they're, you know, they pay somebody to optimize all of their titles to get it ranking in the search engines, and then they get shut off. They get shut down. Um, there's times where even with, um, like, for instance, I had my, my credit card stolen, and I was... Um, I didn't have, you know, the updated payment information on Etsy and I completely forgot to switch it over and they, they turned it off. And so my store was down like, and this was like right after I paid somebody to uh, basically optimize everything on my Etsy store. And uh, my store was down for like two weeks and I kept emailing them and emailing them and saying, Hey, like, can you please turn my website back on? I have my updated payment information. I've already put it on there. Um, and I've, I've heard this exact story from multiple people. Um, I have a friend who sells uh, all kinds of, um, uh, you know, engraved, whether it's glassware or, you know, leather wallets or whatever. They, they do customized engraved uh, pieces. And uh, their their store, I don't, I don't remember what it was. There was something in, in it. I don't know if it was a description. Or I don't know if it was one of their products that they made, but something got their store flagged and it shut them down for like, I don't know, I think it was like almost three weeks. And it's like, that can be incredibly, you know, I, I, it's going to destroy, that could destroy somebody's business overnight, you know? And, and there's stores that have been turned off permanently and this can happen on any marketplace website. And I mean, really, that's that's the primary reason, um, because when 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 you spend so much marketing dollars to grow your platform online, to get your voice out there, especially if you if you're doing like traditional search engine marketing, um, you know, even with like e-commerce, I mean, Shopify could change a policy from one day to the next and say, hey, we're no longer allowing this type of product on our platform and they can turn your store off overnight. And we've seen this time and time again, especially with Facebook, you know, I mean, over the last year, we have seen so many platforms being completely uh, just, I, I mean, I, I don't even know what to call it at this point, but it, it's like that, that they have that kind of control over shutting plat you know shutting your facebook page down or 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 just completely deleting your accounts i mean it's 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 scary um you know and we've seen people um you know during the during the pandemic and all, you know all the political nonsense that was going on we've seen you know major celebrities and and people that are having millions and millions of followers being just turned off overnight and so you know again like not not owning your own platform 
and not having your own control over your own thing. Like at the end of the day, you are putting yourself at risk, you know, and that's, and that's number one is, is that's why I preach to people, Hey, if you're going to spend a bunch of money and you're going to put all your time and effort into marketing something, and you really do want to have it as a business, then you need to completely own it a hundred percent. Um, and I like, for instance, I had a friend who was doing, um, even her Instagram account got shut down. You know, some, she was doing all of these, promoting her art. Um, she had all of these, you know, normal, uh, she was doing like some kind of jewelry or something, but she did this photo shoot that was a little bit risky. It was, you know, a little bit of nudity involved in it. Um, and just, just that a small amount of stuff that she did, somebody flagged it and it got turned off. So again, I, I just think it's so important to control if you're going to put any amount of time doing any internet marketing, you have to be very diligent about the rules and the regulations of what that platform allow or don't allow. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a, a an illuminating point. And you know, I I I, I was uh, you know born and raised on the internet, and I've seen plenty of uh, of examples. And I would say that actually most of the examples I think of off the top of my head. None of which I'm going to say out loud because they're all cans of exploding worms. But there's some pretty prominent figures that were taken down from either Shopify or they said something uh, inappropriate on YouTube and they were taken down. And, and we're talking like some some significant figures, both culturally and politically. And like it don't matter. You know, the, these 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 platforms, they're exceedingly powerful and they and they and they can uh, at a moment's notice, um, completely undo a lot of work somebody's done. So I think that's a valid point. Now, I would say that in all pure fairness, that could potentially happen on a web hosting service. But I think the significant difference is platforms are and, and marketplaces, they have a lot more say in what content is on there. And so long as we exercise common sense and we don't do something exceedingly silly or, or hateful or, or vile on our websites and get ourselves arrested or whatever it is, we're fine. So that photo shoot probably wouldn't find on its own website versus, uh, say, on a marketplace. Right. Well, and the and the other the other thing, just to kind of speak to one of the other points in your initial question, is that um, I, I feel like also places like. These, these large marketplaces, like when you sign up to Etsy, you're not just seeing that one store content. I mean, the, the minute you go on their website, you're getting led away to other things. Uh, you start getting newsletters regarding other, you know, maybe other things that you clicked on. If you, if you clicked on or you did a search for, you know, cat photos or, or whatever it happens to be um, on Etsy, you're, you're going to start getting emails with those searches. So their algorithms aren't designed to sell that one person's artwork or their product. They're designed to sell you, you know, as much stuff as possible. And so, again, I feel like those that's one of the other things is like I feel like for artists, it kind of dilutes the whole idea of like building up a brand and trying to be recognized and try and trying to get people to follow you because. Uh, you don't always, and some of the platforms, like especially like Amazon with like print on demand, um, you don't necessarily collect that customer's information. You're not getting their email address, you're not getting those important marketing points of data collection that in order to, you know, continue to market to those people. Um, and you, and you don't control the algorithm. So you can't say, okay, like here's all my customers that I had from, 
this past year. Let me see how many, you know, purchased from me X amount of times per month. And, you know, like, what do they like specifically? And can I just keep like you're with Amazon and, and all these big platforms, it's more about like just producing content and putting it on there. Like the more content that you can put on a Redbubble or Amazon merch or whatever it is, it's, it's all about just pumping out content and putting right. out as much as you can. Whereas like having your own platform and selling to a small select group of people, again, having Patreon and having um, your YouTube channel or having a Twitch channel, um, having a podcast, you know, whatever it is, again, you're bringing somebody into your own ecosystem and your own, um, your own brand. And you can focus a hundred percent on that. And it never gets diluted from, you know, having somebody click away to some other thing or, you know, it's like YouTube, you know, you, it's, it's so challenging at times just to build a YouTube channel, because again, their algorithm is designed to feed as much content as possible based on what they think that you like and to get, to get those extra clicks. And so they're going to show you a hundred different videos of, you know, different things that are related content. And that's where as an artist, it does get, it's, it's hard sometimes to build up that, that brand and that ecosystem of customers that are just dedicated to you and your and your craft. That's fantastic. I, I have to say that is a very convincing and compelling case for why it's really important to uh, above all else have a home base and have something that we're in full control of. I myself, I still wouldn't rule out markets, but I think the my main takeaway is like they're not the central. I, I uh, they're not home right. base. They're not HUD. They're frontiers. They're battlefields. They're places where you can take a chance and. Um, you know, if you can do the cost benefit analysis and if the losses aren't too bad and there's more gains than there's losses, then you're, you're in good shape. But like I said, it's not HQ. And, and that to me is my, the way that I'm like, uh, resolving it in my own mind. Uh, and with that, I'm watching the time like a hawk and I know that I only have you for four more minutes. And believe me, there are some questions here that I really wanted to sink my teeth into. So I don't know, we'll, we'll have to bring you back. Definitely have like some more, uh, some more art based conversations. Cause believe me, there's some stuff here. Oh boy. Anyways. So the last question that I want to ask you is just to like touch a little bit more on the marketing side, which is like, okay, so let's just say for instance, and I'm, and I'm going to use myself as an example here, um, the art, the, as the asset that we got between me and my girlfriend, it's mostly her. In fact, it's all her. So that we got now the idea of like doing that as a live stream or, or, or doing, um, a podcast or like making like supplementary content for marketing, um, is daunting just because of, you know, what else we have going on. So what would be some of the more, I guess, simple or man, I try, I, I try so hard to like complete the perfect word, perfect sentence. I try, I really do. What would be some of like the simpler ways to market the, uh, the content or like minimal effort, I would say would be a better way to ask it. Minimal effort. <laughs> okay. That's not a better way to ask it, but like, <laughs> you know, some of the more low. Yeah. Okay. I try my best to ask it as best I can. I'm, I am done. Hopefully you get it. Yeah. I mean, so at the end of the day, again, we're in we're we're in an era of technology. You know, we we have access to the internet. Um, if if you don't want to go that route and you want to do more traditional marketing, um, then you know you will have to get more involved in your local community. I mean, there's you're going to have to go back to the traditional ways. And a lot of people, you know, prior to the pandemic, everybody, you know, was selling at um, you know uh, art art uh, like local art shows. Like I know, like in my hometown. We've got, um, you know, there's a there's a farmer's market every weekend. People sell there. We, we, we were having like little craft shows um, every, you know, it's kind of more seasonally. 
but they would be like every weekend, like you know, right around the fall time and like closer to Christmas. So there's that. There's also just picking up the phone, you know, and finding, you know, like one of the things that I used to do when I was first starting out was um, I, I know I started noticing when I would go to like some of the local restaurants and stuff, they would have artwork hanging up. And so I would ask them, hey, can I, you know, hang up my my artwork, you know, in, in your restaurant for X amount of time? And I would also go to like, there's a lot of local coffee shops too. And they used to host small art galleries. There's a, there's a tea place down the street that um, they, they dedicate that space to local artists. And so you can go in there and they swap out new art all the time. So, you know, there's, there's that. Um, there's also picking up the phone and, and finding, you know, local um, galleries or um, other places, you know, like even hotels, there's large hotels. Like I know, a, I know a guy who, you know, sold, um, I, I can't even remember how many pieces, but it, it was like several thousand pieces to, you know, some of the hotel chains. Um, and, you know, there's, so there's, uh, again, the, the information is out there. Um, it's just a, a matter of being creative and being willing to do the work, whether it's picking up the phone, um, going to some local businesses and showing them your artwork, um, connecting with people online, looking up different galleries online. Um, there's a lot of even um, collective galleries where, like, for instance, you know, if you go down towards the beaches in um, like in Ventura, for example, like near where I live, uh, you can go down to Ventura and there's even some small uh, art stores that have all a collection of different things and they they sell things from local artists. So, you know, you can you can call a lot of those stores and maybe get your work in there as well. They're all you know, a lot of store owners are constantly looking for, you know, new and fresh work, especially if they're a small local store. Um, and they, they, they're always looking for new product. And if they like your work, you know, and it's related to something that they're into, um, they'll, you know, be, you know, willing to do a, a deal with you as well, especially if they're going to get a cut of it. So there's a million and one, like I said, I, I could talk about this all day because there's a million and way, one ways to get your work out there to market. But with the power of the internet, it's, it's, you know, it, it's, I, I think it's probably a little bit easier to go that route these days and be able to, you know, shoot out a bunch of emails, you know, get a collection of, uh, you know, whether it's going on, um, uh, like say Instagram or something and finding out a bunch of different, uh, galleries or a different bunch of, um, uh, like really high or large, uh, profiles that have like either thousands or millions of views. Um, and basically just doing influencer marketing, you know, essentially, and just basically getting a, somebody who has a large channel, get your work on their channel. So, you know, and that's another way that you can do it. So if, if you don't want to spend a lot of time developing extra content, I would say focus on influencer marketing and trying to get your content in front of other people on larger channels. Just like if somebody has a, a really well YouTube channel, you know, maybe email them until you can get a link on some of their videos or get a link on uh, their newsletter or something. So that, you know, that's another big technique. There's, and, and, and like you say, there's, there's, there's plenty more where that came from. So yeah. um, with that, usually like the final question is if you have any parting words of wisdom, um, feel free to share them, but you've given us plenty. So, you, you know, you get a pass unless you want to, I, uh, I'll give you the option to, I'll give you the choice, but the other side of it too, is to let the audience know where they can find you and they can uh, learn more about this. Yeah. So I have my website, um, artwithaaron.com. And I do have a free book on there for download. 
that just gives you the introduction, especially to some of the stuff that we just talked about. It introduces to selling on the marketplaces. And essentially, it's just a good starting point if you're brand new and you don't know what to do. Um, I would say just download it. It's free. And it's just a way to you know get introduced to selling artwork online. And um, I'm, I'm trying to make as much content as possible. I'm actually working on a new project right now to even better help artists you know build their websites and build their brands and get everything set up but that's still in the works so as soon as i'm done with that i'm hoping to you know give that first to my subscribers um and that's you know it's i i think it's going to be really powerful because it's it basically automates and it takes even more technical um uh you know hump that we have to get over it's going to get rid of that and basically help people really automate their own uh, art businesses as well. So um, I'm, I'm really hoping to get that out in the next month or so. You'll, you'll be happy to know that uh, our content is usually released two months after we do the recording. So uh, if, you're, if you're all good to go, you can send us a link and we'll, and we'll be able to put it uh, in the episode. And, and yeah, door is always open, by the way. So you're, you're more than welcome to come back. Let us know how things are going and uh, we'll, we'll definitely talk more art because it's certainly worth talking about if you have any uh final words i wanted to make sure you had the chance to it but if not it's all good we'll we'll get you on out of here yeah i think i think that's pretty much it for the most part i think um yeah i feel pretty good about that so okay terrific well it's, it's been great to have you and this has definitely been a good learning experience for me as well so uh i i extend my my gratitude to you personally and to our audience i am also grateful that all of you are participating in this in your own small way so don't think i don't appreciate you so with that take care and we'll check in soon thanks for listening you might have found this show on many number of platforms apple podcasts spotify google play stitcher or right here on debutify Whatever the case, if you enjoy this content and want to help us thrive, please take a few moments to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you think is best. We also want to hear from you, so whether you think you'd be a good guest or want to weigh in on anything related to our show, you can email podcast at debutify.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Finally, this podcast is created by the passionate team at Debutify. If you're ready to take the plunge into e-commerce or are looking to up your game, head over to Debutify.com and see how it can change your life and the lives of many through what you do next.